Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and Pastor Adam Osier wrap up their discussion on Article 16 of the Augsburg Confession, looking at a New Testament passage in 1 Peter chapter 2. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary. Whatever your vocation is, start here, go anywhere, grounded in God's Word. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Bowe, and I'm joined by... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Adam Osier. All right, welcome back, guys. I don't think we've said anything too heretical, uh, besides attributing uh, the words of God to mankind. <laughs> elders of the people uh, of Israel. We, need to, address, yeah, right, we yeah. need to address you causing me to stumble. I'm oh. sorry. <laughs> I'm the whole sorry. causing to stumble thing. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yes. Behold, you are old. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, yeah yeah I knew God wouldn't say that I knew He was too good for that. <laughs> well, then I ran with it a whole theology of thing God says. So yeah thanks. right right yeah, yeah. And, you're the one who developed a theology out of yeah. it. I just misattributed. And we were worried about these episodes on civil government, you know, saying things that we shouldn't say, and, and then instead yeah. we blaspheme the word of God. Right. <laughs> oh hashtag whoops. Uh, All yes. right. Yeah. So today we're gonna we're touching on a, a passage that. You know, surprisingly, we haven't done a cover done on our podcast. Thank goodness, because we've done Romans 13 enough. Yeah, we figured <laughs> we better not do Romans 13 again. Um, but yeah, related passage in 1 Peter 2, 1 Peter 2, verses 13 through 17, very much related to uh, Romans 13. Yeah, it's like Peter's equivalent of what Paul wrote in yeah. 1 Peter 13. Yep. It's, it's a really good compliment, mm-hmm. but it, it says a couple of very distinct things that we're going to want to capitalize mm-hmm. and talk about as it relates to Article 16. Sure. Peter, Paul, and Mary. Does Mary have anything on... No, remember, we're not arguing with the Roman Catholics on this article. Oh, sorry. Yeah. They agree with us. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Full agreement on this article. It's the Anabaptists we're after. Right. Oh, they come in the crosshairs. All right, well, let's yeah. read the, this passage, First Peter 2, verses 13 through 17. Read in Jesus' name. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him, to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Here ends the reading. Amen. Amen. I love verse 15, Yeah. where it says, by arguing on Twitter, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what it says. Yes. That's also wrong. Yeah. Uh, Amazing how that we lose that, that by doing good, you put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Mm Hmm. Just Hmm. just think about how opposite our current activities in modern society is from that. Oh, and as Christians, especially. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, Christian activity in modern society is is atrocious. As we've talked about the last several weeks, you know, we've, we've been talking about the nature of trying to prove people wrong and the idea that... Um, that I'm right, you know, I'm lording it over. It it becomes a a violation of what we were talking about with with vocation last week, you know, when we're trying to lord it over people. And really the the point ultimately becomes I'm right. That's, it's not look to Christ, it's I'm right. Mm -hmm. And that's not the gospel. And, And the funny thing is that falls into that trap of what we were talking about last week with the false dichotomies. 
mm-hmm. right? The, the, the alternative to fighting for power is not that you punt on being right. It's that being right was never the goal. It's that mm-hmm. if we already have the truth, we don't need to worry about acting like peacocks with yeah. our rightness. We don't need to own the libs or, or do anything <laughs> like that. It's, it's you, know, you know, we live as people who are free. Right. We can go back to the gospel as the truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. If we have the truth, it, it does not matter how other people respond or treat us. It, it matters yeah. what the truth delivers to us. Right. And, and again, it's, it's, it's not a matter of rightness or wrongness. It's a matter of loving, responding gently in the truth for the purpose of advancing Christ's kingdom mm-hmm. as we love our neighbors. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's like a sense of peaceful confidence in in this yeah. passage of <laughs> entrusting ourselves to the Lord, continuously doing good. Uh, like you said, Adam, you know, focusing on the gospel, um, living in our freedom. And and I don't know about you guys, but I, I much prefer that over um, just like this fretful, worrisome, boy, we got to do this. You got to get this person elected or else, you know, the church will fall. You know, there, there's all kinds of uh, attitudes out there that uh, kind of are based off of fear. There is nothing hectic about these five verses. There's no mm-hmm. possible way you could read these verses with any amount of, of false urgency. Yeah, you know it's it's like you're you're reading these verses and you're reading these verses in Morgan Freeman's voice, <laughs> and, you're, and you're just chilled, right? Yeah. But but look right away the first two verses or first two words in English, yeah, set the tone. Be subject, and that stands in in polar opposite, polar you know, in direct contrast to have power over someone else. This is be subject, and then. For the Lord's sake, mm-hmm. we're not subject, and this is one of the aggravating things. If I, if, you know, I've tried not to be specific on things, but there is this, there is this thread of conservative Christianity that is macho Christianity that mm. that you know it's it's I'm not going to name names, but it's perpetuated especially online this idea of macho Christianity yeah. in that that any kind of service or kindness is kind of like effeminate and to be rejected. Hmm. We're not subject for our own personal profile. We're subject for the Lord's sake. Mm-hmm. And, and and on one hand it means that he's commanded us to be subject. That's what we do for the Lord's sake. On the other hand, it also means that it's the Lord who is glorified when we act in the way that he's commanded us to act. Right. And, and so when we're subject to either the emperor or the governors or whatever human institution that is over us, we, we are subject to the glory of God. And again, uh, we we're talking off air, Adam, that you brought in that Acts 5, the, you know, we must obey God rather than men. Right. Uh, if the emperor or the governor or any other human institution would command that we sin, we simply say, no, thank you. Right. We must serve God rather than men. And, and we, we tend to think of things in abstraction sometimes, like this is a good abstract truth, but... Uh, for fear of dealing with emails and or listener feedback that would be less than happy, uh, I'm going to avoid using specifics, but there are very specific things that this applies to right now in our culture. 
and, and I'm not talking about one thing. I'm not talking about two things. I'm talking about many, many, many specific things that as Christians, our call is to be subject for the Lord's sake. And I could think of, like you said, I could think of specific, like five to 10 specific examples on the political right and five to 10 specific examples of the political left mm-hmm. where this is being directly ignored by Christians, right? Mm-hmm. not, even, not mm-hmm. even by citizens, but yep. by Christians. Right. And, and this is the aggravating thing. We talked last week in 1 Samuel 8 about what happens when politics becomes an idol. And now we have kind of the prescription here in 1 Peter 2 mm-hmm. of, of how we interact in society with that list of freedoms that Article 16 provides us with. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we act in service. Again, it comes down to vocation. It comes mm-hmm. down to serving our neighbors for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's there's an interesting tension here in this text. You know, verse 13, being subject, but also verse 16, live as people who are free. Uh, it's kind of like that that quote, you know, the perfectly free Lord of all. Yeah, that's uh, from the freedom of a Christian. Yes, yes, you know. right. Um, <laughs> yeah, a Christian is, uh, Christian a, is a perfectly free, free Lord over everyone mm-hmm. and perfectly a servant of all. I, yeah, I can't remember right. what the direct quote yep. is, but yeah. yeah. From Luther's work um, there. And, uh, you know, once again, you know, I think a couple episodes ago we talked about the, those tensions or those theological paradoxes that um, you, you see that in this text very much so. Well, and, and that, that, that imperative to live as people who are free... That's not talking about liberty. That's not talking about the the yellow don't tread on me flag. We're not talking about libertarians here. Uh, Live as people are free is to live as a Christian. Mm -hmm. That's all that's saying is that if you are a Christian, you are perfectly free. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And if you are assured of your salvation and your identity in Christ, then you live completely free from from any of those restraints, and yet the first limitation that pops up is do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Shall right. we continue sinning <laughs> right. yeah. that grace may abound by, no, re- by right. no means? A major part of that, live free, I think, is to you have absolutely nothing more to prove. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. more that you need to seek after in any of these positions in fighting against authority to try and uh, wiggle yourselves free. And we know that from the very next passage, right? Servants be subject to your masters is the, is, is the next context, right? Is that idea? And so you're thinking of this. There's absolutely nothing more that we need to do uh, or um, try and finagle, so to speak, to get free, er, right? There, there's nothing more we need to do. It's there. Well, and, and you you see, so you live as f- people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover of people, living as servants of God. Mm-hmm. And again, there's vocation, and, yeah. and there's what we talked about a couple weeks ago, how we have in the church of today tried to spiritualize everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To, to realize uh, we use mothers as the example in episode one, but, but literally everything. If you are living in your vocation, serving those whom God has called you to serve in those vocations, what you're actually doing is serving God. Right. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to be a Sunday school teacher in your church to serve God. You don't have to go on a missions trip. Right. You don't have to chase after the, those emotional highs like you talked about at Bible camps, Adam. Mm-hmm. You don't have to become a pastor out of guilt. Yeah. That that the the mother who faithfully changes the dirty diaper 
uh, of her child is serving God. Mm-hmm. The milkmaid who milks the cow is serving God. Uh, Luther in the in the in the, uh, the small catech or the large catechism, the brewer who makes a good beer is serving God. The mm-hmm. the accountant who uh, does his client's taxes faithfully and accurately is serving God. Mm-hmm. And and all this ends up being fourth petition stuff that yeah. give us this day our daily bread. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we want to spiritualize it. We want to Christianize it. And it's just not the case that, that there's this bracket between verse 13 and verse 16, be subject to every human institution and then living as servants of God. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a beautiful picture of vocation. And, and we just, we were so yeah. Gnostic mm-hmm. that we, we, we forget that the normal, ordinary, everyday things we're doing is what God has called us to do mm-hmm. because that's how he orders creation. Right? Mm-hmm. So, when, <laughs> so here in this text, living as a servant of God, as we're subjecting ourselves to uh, human institutions, uh, even if it's an emperor, which is interesting in this, uh, or governors, um, s- submitting to them is an act of serving the Lord. And there's kind of like a the masks of God going on here. Um, you know, even if you don't like or agree with the the emperor or the governors or you know whatever politicians it might be today, um, there. Well, go ahead. Well, yeah. let's, I, not to talk over you, but I just want to point out the beautiful simplicity of verse 17 yeah. mm-hmm. and talk about how that applies to us today. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Mm-hmm. Just, just think about what that means for Christian living today. So honor everyone. Everyone, I think, will piously like, oh yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Honor everyone. What about the person you disagree with? Mm-hmm. And what does it mean to honor? Yeah. What what you're looking into that word honor, right? Um, it's reflective of an active service to another person. So when we're talking about exactly you know this idea of vocation that we're serving our neighbor by doing these things, you know we're living as servants of God. The very next words are honor, and the word is is associated with the idea of giving aid to or you know taking you know giving to them what is what is due. And in the eyes of God, what is due our neighbor? Well, it depends on who our neighbor is. But there's a way to do it. <laughs> there's something, you know, there's there's a way for us. God puts us in these circumstances, in these various estates. He puts us in those estates in order to serve and to uh, come alongside and aid our neighbors mm-hmm. in whatever way that is. Um, I think interesting, too, is is the love of the brotherhood. Um, <laughs> you know, to, to love the brotherhood. Uh, again, that idea of love, it's a purely a vocational thing, right? So how am I loving my neighbor? Well, the doctor who loves me, who's doing his job and honoring me and loving me, uh, is looking at me and saying, hey, hey, Adam, you need to lose some weight. You're kind of fat. Uh, <laughs> your blood pressure is going to be a whole lot yeah. better. You know, well, that doesn't seem very loving. No, don't honor. Yeah. No, that is. That's ex- yeah. He's doing his job. Sure. And as a Christian doctor saying those things, uh, you are, you know, you're living as a, as a, uh, a representative of the hands and the feet of Christ. Uh, it's Jesus calling me fat. Did I just say that? <laughs> you're you're on a roll, Jason. You got to jump in again here. I, I well, the, the, going down a dark path. The, the idea of honoring is like you said. It's to elevate someone above yourself. In 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 essence, we need to think about it this way. Honoring someone is the exact opposite of self justifying yourself. 
Okay? So the, 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 the sinful human wants to justify our actions, wants to be self-righteous. And the only way, there's only two ways someone can become self-righteous. We either lower the standards of the law so that it's achievable, or, and probably also, and we end up comparing ourselves to others. And so that the expression of self-righteous isn't that I'm righteous, it's that I'm more righteous than this guy. And honoring is the exact opposite of that. Honoring says, you are more important than I am. And so if you go from honor everyone, then you go from that to love the brotherhood. Mm -hmm. And a genuine, not emotional, but again, love, uh, I I should open it up. I I would almost guarantee that the word used there is uh, uh, agape. agape. Yeah. Yep, it's agape. Uh, so it's agape is the love of choice. Mm-hmm. All right? And, and then the third in that sequence is fear God. Mm-hmm. Okay? Think about what that means. Honor everyone without exception, including the emperor, which it rounds back afterwards. And you have mm-hmm. to remind, when Peter's writing this, when Paul wrote Romans 13, it's Nero. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, we're, we're not talking about Constantine and we're not talking about some random emperor no one remembers. It's Nero. Everyone knows Nero. His reputation very clear. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to do that. He'd be an easy guy to dishonor. Yeah. 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 There, uh, on both right and left, there are recent examples of presidents that would fall into those categories for, for blue and red Christians, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but then love the brotherhood. Mm-hmm. In the last two years, because of COVID, and because of politics, I have seen multiple churches torn apart because the exact opposite is happening, mm-hmm. is that we value our tribes more than our congregation. In fact, I talked to someone today who is, whose their church is being ripped apart by mask mandates. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the simple act of wearing a piece of cloth or paper over your face has become a political expression that people are so obsessed with, it makes them incapable of loving someone they're disagreeing with. And I mm-hmm. say that because agape is the love of choice. Mm-hmm. It's that you choose to love someone whether or not they deserve it. And you think about what's happening in our, our congregations. And you think about pastors who are being attacked when they say something that Scripture says for either being woke or ignoring social justice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, have, you have members that are being attacked for either living in fear or living uh, as grandma killers, as the <laughs> phrase that we've learned over the yeah. last two years. Yep. And all of this is absolute nonsense and runs contrary to the doctrine of vocation. It does. You can't you can't hear what you just said probably and not have your mind go to 1 Corinthians 13. You know, love no. is what is love? Love is patient, it's kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, keeps no record of wrongs. Does not seek its own. Does not seek its own, right? And and that I, I heard this, I think it was Tom Rainer uh, who says this in a, a book called uh, I am a church member. He talks about how 1 Corinthians 13 is far more applicable, you know, contextually to a cantankerous or a, or a controversial church board meeting than it is a wedding. 
right? Mm. Because, I mean, although it is absolutely appropriate to, you know, to a married couple as well, the point that Paul's trying to make is there's all these things going on within this congregation of Corinth, which is frankly a pretty jacked up congregation if we really <laughs> want to get dig into their issues, right? And, and Paul just like yeah. lays it bare and the Holy Spirit says, hey, everybody gets to see your dirty laundry, right? Yeah. Yep. And, and then we look at this and he says, love, you know, love, you know, is patient, love is kind. He's mm-hmm. explaining to them in the midst of all of this mess, what's the answer? The answer is to love. And then he explains what it is. And that's the love of choice is a love of hard choice. And it's incredibly convicting. Mm-hmm. It's, it, 1 Corinthians 13 is a passage that's about self-examination. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not a Dear Abby advice column. Mm-hmm. It's about self-examination. When, when, when I see love is patient, love is kind, I, I don't walk and say, Adam, you're not being very patient with me. I think, man, I have not been patient with my kids or I have not been patient with my wife. That is what this is talking about. And, and this is what that progression from honor everyone, love the brotherhood, which is it's about the congregation, the local body of Christ, and finally fear God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I don't know... I'll, I'll stick my neck out on this one. People can push back. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there is a phrase in the Bible that the church of today misunderstands more than fear God. Hmm. I, I will say that and I will stand behind it. I, I think we whiff on that phrase. Hmm. Well, we're not supposed to be afraid of God. You know, right. It means reverent awe. No, here's the deal. We're supposed to be terrified of God. You know why? Because we're not God. We're sinners. And God is much bigger. Imagine the biggest, most immense God that you can think of, and you're not even scratching a fraction of who God is. You are supposed to be terrified of God. And in being terrified of God, you are also supposed to have a reverent awe for God. Mm -hmm. We were supposed to be completely aware that God knows our sin more than we know our sin, Mm -hmm. that God is perfect more than we will ever understand perfection. And then in fearing God, we have every right and privilege to look at scripture and realize that the God we fear is also the God that says to us, do not be afraid. Fear not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, that's the the quintessential law gospel distinction, isn't it? You know, there's a call to fear uh, in in the context. And then, you, you know, you look at a different context it's fear not. We talked about that, you know, as we were, you know, in, in class, you know, discussing these things about law and gospel. And that's exactly, you know, the point. This is law. It is law. And it's a call to be afraid. But then it's a, you know, certainly we remember live as people who are free. <laughs> and then at the same time, you see that balance there. Yeah. And that in this, in this three sentence segment, that's exactly what's going on. Honor everyone. Not doing great. Love the brotherhood. Not doing great. Yeah. Fear God. Oh boy, now mm-hmm. I'm in trouble. Fall on my knees in mercy. God says, "Do not be afraid. You are forgiven. Mm-hmm. Honor the emperor. Mm-hmm. Live as people who are free and subject to our neighbor, because we have everything we need for life and salvation yeah. in Jesus Christ." Yeah. This goes back to the the whole basis of what we've been talking about for five years now. The Christian life consists of assurance of salvation and vocation. Without the assurance of salvation, this passage in 1 Peter makes no sense whatsoever. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, any other comments or is that a good place to end for today? I I like that. Yep. We we end there because that's where Mm -hmm. scripture ends. It it leaves Mm -hmm. us with the fear of God, knowing that the God who calls us to fear him is also the God who himself tells us not to be afraid. Yeah, that's a good one. That makes me feel better. Great. 
Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. For the latest from the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary in Plymouth, Minnesota, visit flbc.edu. God bless you and have a great week.